0: Hello and welcome back to our podcast Artwork Power Life. My name is Anna. And would you look at that, I'm back with more mythology. Last time we stopped at the letter B, so naturally, today we'll continue with C. Let's get right into it. Here's the first and incredibly cool one. Wechselbalg, which directly translates to changing brat and is also called changeling, which is actually quite common in Dungeons & Dragons. I googled it and the first suggestion was changeling D&D. Let's find out why they're so popular among DMs. They are the children of supernatural entities, such as dwarves, trolls or fairies, who have been exchanged with human children. Why those entities do it? Well, there are multiple theories about that. Trolls, for example, just found a human upbringing more respectable, while fairy babies might need human milk to survive. Well, if that ever happens to your child, or if you think you may be a changing yourself, this is how you can find out for sure. They grow very slowly and stay weak for a long time, usually can't speak, and are always hungry. Remember, they grow very slowly, but they sometimes have long beards and are far ahead in their development, so they might be able to play an instrument they were never taught or something. So creepy. Imagine walking into your child's bedroom and suddenly they start playing the violin or something. That, that little thing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Alright, disclaimer for the following though. No. If you're still not sure, just beat your child and their mother will immediately come and exchange the children back. I can just imagine the mothers back then beating their children if they were slow with learning to speak or a bit stuttered in growth. Great times, yeah. Oh, but you can prevent that whole exchange thing from happening by leaving an open pair of iron scissors next to your child's bed. That makes it so much better. All this reminds me of the horror movie Orphan. Let me know if you agree. The movie is, is is great, actually. you should You should definitely watch that. And now... A ghost. The Chimmeke? It's a very specific tale confined to a specific place in Germany. Chimmeke were poltergeists, usually very friendly, unless specifically agitated. The castle in Leutz, Germany, had one for many years who was liked and got a pot of milk every night. One day, though, in 1370, a young kitchen aide drank said milk. Ooh! The chimica got incredibly angry and the next morning he grabbed the boy, cut him to pieces and threw him into the big pot full of hot water that was already boiling on the fireplace. When the chef came back to prepare some meat, the poltergeist just laughed and pointed at the pot full of boy. When the chef peeked inside it, he saw the cooked hands and feet and was scared to death. The Chimichil left that day never to be seen again. Understandable. Let's get back to my favorite topic a witch. This one is called Dachsteinweibel or Little Dachstein Woman. It's a witch living in an area of Austria called Dachstein, hence the name. She's generally feared because if looks could kill, She's said to be a bad omen and if you see her you should basically run because you'll have some kind of bad luck that you can't escape. She's described as an evil witch who's very little and incredibly ugly with wrinkles and warts everywhere. The witch is said to have been a normal woman once who wanted to bully her peers. The punishment for that resulted in her becoming the witch she is now. Honestly, those petty punishments are definitely a tactic of some old-timey people who wanted to keep the others in their community in order. Oof. Ooh, the next one. Hey, look, it's another huntsman, but don't confuse it with the accursed huntsman from episode one. The diabolical huntsman of Mainz was from the 13th century and hunted a woman The woman was a priest's mistress and, on her deathbed, demanded shoes of the best quality to be made for her to be buried in. That was apparently really important to her. The next night, under the full moon, a knight and a squire were riding about when they heard a woman scream. When the knight saw the woman, who wore only her fancy shoes and a shirt, he jumped off his horse and drew a circle on the ground with his sword, pulled the woman towards him inside the circle and held her by her hair. Why he chose to do that? No idea. Suddenly, they heard a hunting horn, followed by the sound of hounds barking. At this, the woman started trembling and struggling. The huntsman approached and the woman finally got free from his grip and ran. The huntsman chased her and caught up with her, only to throw her over his horse and ride off into the night. In the morning, the knight returned to the woman's home and told the household all about last night. They didn't believe him, even though he still held her hair. But when they dug up her grave, they saw that she had actually lost her hair. Honestly, I have no idea where in this story she died or was buried. I mean... I'll take it. The story's pretty good, but yeah, no. (laughs) Okay. Ah, weird one is next. The dragon. We already talked about the drac, or one drac, which was mostly for money and fortune, but there are also dragons in Germanic mythology. Unlike the drac, the dragon is actually one of the most awful monsters of all. According to Isidore of Seville a Spanish scholar and cleric. When a dragon comes out of its lair, it does it so roughly that it makes the air glow as if it were on fire. It has a large head, a crest, a narrow mouth from which its breath and tongue emerge. Its strength is in its tail and not its teeth, and it kills by the blows it makes rather than its bite. Yeah, Elden Ring can confirm this. Scholars said nothing about dragons having wings. Some said they would have to have pretty big ones because of the sheer mass. Um, But also most of them said that they needed to have 6, 12 or even 24 paws. Because the typical two would never hold its weight. Just imagine a centipede with a long tail basically. Dragons are said to infect the air, poison wells and... (laughs) bear with me, please, to cast their seed into fountains as basically Viagra for the men. Honestly, what the fuck? And now, my fellow Skyrim players, the Draugr or Revenant? He is the physical alter ego of a dead person that lives on in the tomb and will leave it if it has any reason to be upset. Like Lydia making loud noises, for example. The dead person is out for revenge and will kill anything that's alive. To get rid of them, you need to burn them. But make sure it's not your drunk Uncle Henry first, please. If you paid attention to a past episode, I honestly don't remember which one, I told Simon he should burn his bad memories and dispose of the ashes in running water. Same for the drogger. This belief resulted in mu- mutilated corpses in their graves, like for example a decapitated corpse with its head placed at its feet, wink wink, or bound so that they could not return from the dead. Which is actually the wrong expression, because as I already said, what comes back is not the dead themselves, but a physical double. Very interesting. Now I've got another nightmare for you. Are you ready? Actually, I don't care. Uh, the Druid or Trout of Bavaria. <laughs> I know it sounds pretty ridiculous, um, but it's a normal woman of no particular description that has to go out at midnight and sit on a person's chest with her full weight, crushing her victim mercilessly. After that, she changes into an old, pale and thin woman, with three large toes on her feet, one of which points backwards. She too can enter rooms through openings as small as a keyhole, I guess that's a nightmare thing, and while some say she doesn't make any noises, others swear they can hear her coming by the slide of her footsteps. You too can accidentally become a druid, But you can never tell anyone if you do become one. You will get paralyzed when a victim throws a pillow at your feet. Or once you're crushing them, they can say, return tomorrow for salt. And you'll have to leave and come back the next day. Sucks for you. (sighs) Now let me present to you the dwarves. Everyone's heard of them. You either love them or you hate them. But did you know that they actually weren't all small? They're pretty closely related to giants, which also weren't all gigantic. Surprise Pikachu face! Dwarf just means twisted. And they were the opposite of elves, meaning dark and dead. They're said to have been born from the decomposition of the giant Emir's corpse. And then the gods gave these larvae, barf, a human face and intelligence. They're pretty good at smithing and artisan work and made the craziest weapons. They were also magicians and so close to the dead that they even got names that translated to deceased, torpid, death, corpse, buried and whatnot. We get it, you're goth. They feared the daylight and lived beneath stones or mountains. In old German and English epics, they often dwell in beautiful hollow mountains, stuffed with gems. And they know all the secrets of the earth. Now I've got for you, almost Nessie of Switzerland, the Alps. It's a water spirit that lives in a mountain lake in Switzerland and the name ELBST sounds a little bit like Alp again. And remember, that was the first syllable of the German word for nightmare. You're learning something here. Anyway, the Elbst is described as floating driftwood or a tiny island and can pull humans into the depths. It can also become a serpent, a dragon. Several animals and several things that are on fire. Its appearance is always a bad omen, sometimes announcing bad weather. And honestly, I'd be mad too if people would say that stuff about me. This next one is a bit more general, but I think it sets the tone for some other cool stuff that I might tell you about soon. Elemental spirits. So the four elements, yeah? There's water, which houses sirens and nymphs. (laughs) Nymphs, sirens and nymphs, then earth, with pygmies, also known as dwarves or gnomes, then there's fire, which houses salamanders, not the animals, or vulcani, vulcani, something like that, and last but not least, air, where the sylphs live. According to the Swiss physician Paracelsus, you may have heard of him, they have more subtle bodies than humans, which allows them to go through walls and other solid objects, like spirits. Makes sense. They all have the same needs as we do, meaning food, water, clothing, and even hierarchy. And now, I'll tell you about locks, another thing that I have already mentioned in episode 1 of Mythology. Elf locks are basically tangled or plated horse manes. And if you happen to live in Germany and also own horses, look out for this sign. It usually means that there's some kind of spirit in your home. The German word for it, Weichselzopf, is also a disease that used to befall humans all over, where the hair starts to tangle due to eczema or lice on the skin. Yummy! Don't worry, it's gone in most parts of Europe. And while researching locks I stumbled upon some writing by the good old Jacob Grimm himself, and it was too good not to share. It's pretty hard to decipher, but I'll paraphrase. Don't hold me accountable for anything I say, please. Apparently, there's a name for people who want to harm their neighbours in a very specific way. That name is Bilmerschnitt. At midnight, those people get butt-naked and walk over to their neighbor with a scythe bound to their foot, straight through their harvest. They also speak magic words that make everything harvested with their foot fly straight to their own barn. If the harmed neighbor happens to see the rest of the harvest on the fields and decides to pick that up and put it over smoke, then the bilmarschnit himself will dry out. Cool. A dry for a dry, (laughs) haha, sorry, you get it, because an eye for an eye, yeah, okay, sorry. (sighs) Let's tap right back into somewhat more familiar territory. Elves. They're ancient, and they were feared. They were pretty white, like white, white, and even kind of luminous apparently. They were very white and possessed the wisdom of magic and enchantment. The old high German name of the mandrake, which is Albruna, translates to elf secret. People used to offer them sacrifices, and since they were so incredibly pure, there's a Norse expression, which translates to urinate, that literally means to drive away the elves. I wonder if elves exploded when they had to pee. Anyway, if dwarves were the physical dead, elves were more like the spirits of the dead. And they were white. Did you know that in some parts of Germany there are 8 out of 12 months in a year without any weather at all? Don't quote me on that. Anyway, they were presumably even whiter than me after those 8 dreadful months in Germany. Okay, I'm done shaming elves. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening.